welcome to Small Steps Living, the The podcast. podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Cordaff, bringing you inspiring stories to help you transform your life one small step at a time. Here at Small Steps Living, we're keeping it real. Kick back and And enjoy enjoy the show. show. Hey, everyone. Really excited to have you on the podcast today. And it's because I'm talking to someone who I've long admired. I've long seen her stuff and I've used a few of her recipes. Our small steppers will know Jess Donovan now because she was our guest expert in the membership this month. But there's a topic that I really wanted to ask her about and I thought the podcast was the perfect place. So, hey, Jess. Hi, Lisa. Lovely to be chatting again. <laughs> yes, it really is. Jess is a naturopath, but she's kind of she's one of those naturopaths. She has young kids I feel like she understands my dilemmas. Uh, Nothing is too kind of, well, you don't tell me what to do. It's like you just invite a conversation around this stuff and put really accessible information out there, which I really appreciate. (laughs) And, you know, that's why I invited you in to be a a small steps uh, expert this month. And we talked about fussy eating because it's something that people really struggle with. And I think it's something that we can really, um, as mums find so difficult and give ourselves another reason to be down on ourselves. So I know that all of the, the members were just loving all of your tips and tricks and just also understanding sometimes the reasons for fussy eating. So, um, thank you very much for that. But Before we launch into the topic that I really want to talk to you about today, can you just give everyone your little spiel about who you are and what it is that you do? Sure. Thank you for that because that's really what I, you know, what I strive to do is, um, you know, give people advice that that applies in the in the real world. (laughs) I think as a lot of naturopaths or naturopaths in general have a bit of a stigma that you know they're going to tell everyone that they need to go gluten-free and dairy-free and cut out sugar and cut out alcohol and cut out coffee and um you know so a, a lot of people are put off by that which I understand so um yeah I've been a naturopath for, for over 15 years now so um way back be- before I had kids I became a naturopath um and I guess I've just gravitated towards kids health more since I had kids of my own Um, and yeah that's really the area that I'm that I'm focusing on on now and I live in South Australia down on the Flurio Peninsula which is a really beautiful part of the world Um, and yeah we've just got back from a a big adventure around Australia which we're going to talk about today. Yes I because you know what People, there's people that appear in our news feeds and we can think, yeah, cool, this is awesome, thanks for that recipe or whatever. But then suddenly when you're like, guys, we're heading off around Australia, pull the kids out of school, <laughs> um, you know, just decided to go, I'm like, what? People actually really do this. And I think so many of us have in the back of our mind, one day I'm we're going to do a year around Australia or a year backpacking or whatever it is that people sort of want to do. I think for so many of us, it feels like uh, one of those someday ideas 
and dreams, but you made it happen. And I am so intrigued, especially as a naturopath. And sometimes even just doing a basic trip, I there's not that much healthy food on the road. So from the perspective of doing the best you can with your family, I'm interested in that. But start by telling us why, what made you jump? What was kind of the thing where you're like, let's do this now? Yeah, so I think I think the the tipping point for us was well, me and my husband were sitting in the spa one one night that we um that we have out have out in our backyard and we were talking about it. We've always wanted to travel Australia with our kids. Um, we travelled a lot before we had kids. Uh, we did, you know, we were um, travelling and working and partying our way around the world um, for for nearly five years actually before we had kids. So wow. travel. Yeah, travel, like, you know, was um, a love of both of ours. So, so uh, yeah, from, from way back then. Um, and we always said, you know, we'll save Australia for when we have kids because it's, you know, an easy easier to, to travel in your own country once you've got kids. Um, and so we've always wanted to do it. And re- the tipping point was working out in, in the spa that night that we could we could possibly do it financially. That was the deciding factor for us. We were both kind of, um, you know, brave enough to take the step, but it was it was working it out financially. Like, how are we gonna, going to afford this? Um, and I'd built my online business up to a point where uh, I was, you know, I was earning, earning some money from it. Um, my husband said, you know, he would be willing to pick up work along the way um, when we needed him to. And then we thought, well, we can use, you know, the money, the extra money we've paid off our mortgage as a as a um, a bit of an emergency fund because you definitely need one of those. <laughs> um, yes. When, when you when you're doing a big trip like that, so that was really the tipping point. You know, we we hadn't we definitely hadn't worked it all out, and my friends were, you know, but how well, how's this going to work and how's that going to work? But it was just making that decision and then taking steps, small steps, <laughs> which I know is what you're all about, to, to make it happen. Um, and we, I guess we made the decision in about February and we left that December. So leaving was the hardest part. Once we were on the road, it was all good, but it's, you know, um, getting ourselves um, kitted up. We like to go off-road and, um, you know, go to secluded places, um, get off the beaten track. So, you know, there was a lot of research, mainly on my husband's part, into, you know, off-road campers and four-wheel drive gear and all that sort of stuff. And I took care of more the, you know, what are we going to do about homeschooling and how are we going to source good food <laughs> while we're away and, um, you know, th- and get, you know, getting our house ready to rent out because that's one of the, th- the things we had to do to, to make it work. So there was a lot of moving parts. But once we'd made that decision, we just you know, took took the steps to um, help us get there. I am not a logistics person, so the hugeness of that just intimidates me. Um, but I, and it would be the schooling stuff that would stop me in my tracks too. Like, how would I actually? Would they sit down and do the stuff? And would I stay committed to that? How old are your kids? So they are. Um, seven and nine now so they were they were six and eight while we were traveling and we you know if I'd looked I'm um I'm not really a big details person so I'm like yeah we'll figure it out 
And so I had this idealistic view when it came to school, you know, that I'd sit on my laptop writing blog posts or, you know, (laughs) writing emails out to my list and that sort of thing while they happily, you know, got on with their schoolwork while sitting next to me. Of course, that didn't happen. That was not the reality of how it happened. Uh, So, you know, I in the first couple of weeks that we did homeschooling, I was, you know, I had my head in my hands thinking, what have we done? Like, I'm not going to be able to get through a year a year of this but we really took the pressure off um in south australia you can get an exemption for 12 months from school so you just get the principal to sign it so we theoretically didn't have to do any schooling but they then go into the next year and so we kept it really light we just got books that followed the curriculum um in grammar math spelling and and made sure they kept up on their reading and we literally did an hour or two most school, most sort of week mornings, but we had lots of days off as well. They just learn so much on the road. And, you know, obviously that, you know, the reading and um, math stuff is important, but I think, you know, I, we definitely let our hair down when it came to the, the, the schooling side of things. Oh, that is so nice to hear. That is really good to hear. And th- this is the thing, like, Sometimes I, I look at what my son is learning in school and think, you know, how valuable for the real world. Of course, there's those basic things like you said, but I would imagine that a trip around Australia and their mind has been blown. They're making new friends all the time. They're seeing new sites. They're having things explained. They're understanding distance and time in a totally new way. They have an appreciation for the country. So things aren't just places on a map. They're actually places that they've been. Like That is phenomenal and a huge growth experience. But when spending that much time with your kids, did you did you learn new things about them? Do you have a different appreciation for the routine you've got at home or what sort of things did you how did you go with being with your kids 24/7? Oh, well, I was, <laughs> they drove me crazy. I'll tell you that. Much. <laughs> No, well, they they definitely did. You know, it was tough being together. All of us, you know, even with my me and my husband and the kids, the dynamics between us, it was tough a lot of days because you know, four personalities. It's yeah. inevitable that someone's going to be in a bad mood, you know, <laughs> every day. <laughs> um, and meeting the needs, like my kids are really different. My eldest is a, is a boy, and he's really active, and you know, he needs activity to. Um, to be normal. And my daughter's the opposite. She's, um, you know, she's happier. She was happy to sit in the caravan and, you know, do craft or play with her dolls or whatever. So um, balancing their needs was was quite tough. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, we definitely connected, um, you know, so much when, but by spending so much time together, my son is such an easygoing kid. And that's what I was reminded of on in that uh, trip. Like he just goes with the flow and not that he's an angel, you know, (laughs) he definitely has challenges, but he's happy to just, you know, he makes friends really easily. He's social, he's outdoorsy. He, He can sort of, um, you know, he can, he can find his own fun, my daughter, who's about to turn seven, she, uh, I guess what, what I learned about her is really how much she needs connection. You know, she needs, she, she's still, um, she's a fairly young seven, so she needs lots of time with us. Um, 
And she definitely needs a gentle push to get out of her comfort zone. She, she really struggled with a lot of the trip. Um, and But there were some things that, you know, she just had to do. You know, we, we were going on some big hikes and she would, she would complain for the first hour and then she would learn, you know, that there's no point complaining because she just has to keep walking. We're not, we're not turning around. Um, and, you know, we may, we may have pushed her down a, a water slide at wet and wild. <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't want to go down um, because she's so, she's just doesn't like trying new things, you know. So, um, but she got to the bottom of that water slide and wanted to wanted to do it again. We knew that she would enjoy it once she, she did it once. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it was it was an amazing like year of connection for all of us. That's so lovely. What did you learn about yourself? Did you have ideas about how this was all going to roll or how you were going to feel and then you felt different or did you get any insights into into you? I like it. It, it took me quite a while to, to really wind down. I guess the big thing I learned is just how busy my life had gotten at home, you know, being a mum, running a naturopathic clinic, having an online business and all the other, you know, all all the stuff that goes with um, having a family. So I knew that and I, I enjoy being busy. I'm quite driven. But just being away from it all, it, um, you know, it, it made me realise how depleted I had become um, and how little, you know, I'm fairly good at self-care, but it's active self-care. You know, I go for a walk or I'll go do yoga or yes. um, that sort of thing. But to just, it, you know, to be bored was really new for me. And, um, you know, when, you, when you're travelling, you don't have how. I had no housework to do for a whole year. Oh, best. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I ha- didn't clean any bathrooms, sweep any floors, vacuum any floors. You know, the floor in the in the camper took literally, you know, five minutes, and I didn't do it all that often because it would just get sandy and dirty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Half an hour later, so you know, it made me realize just how many things I have to do. I had to do, and just. For all of us, you know, being bored together and just being able to, you know, sit around for an afternoon with nothing to do, like play a board game or, you know, go, go down the beach. Um, yeah, it, it was just bliss. It's such a foreign concept, you know, it, like to just have nothing to do. And like just before um, we kicked off this interview, I was telling you about being on a plane by myself overseas and how just that 12 hours by myself and not having to think what's the next thing that has to get done, who needs to be taken where, what needs what needs to be cooked or made or, uh, you know, which presents to buy for birthday parties, whatever it is, our minds are just constantly on the go for the next thing. And then when that's taken away, it's so amazing the things that you think when you give yourself that space. And I remember going to see my chiropractor who's also a kinesiologist. He's the best. And I was saying how, yep, I'm incorporating self-care and I go for walks and I listen to podcasts. He's like, maybe just sometimes don't listen to the podcast. And I said, well, sometimes the the podcasts are about self-care. You've missed the point, Lisa. (laughs) It's it's actually just the quiet sometimes that you need. And so now I do a morning on and a morning off with sometimes I'm listening to something and sometimes I'm just being, like I'm just walking, I'm just listening 
and I'm just to myself. And and we just don't give ourselves or our kids that chance for that nothingness very often. No, we don't. I mean, our kids have got, you know, full schedules. I'm realising that coming back, you know, and trying to organise a play date with my kids haven't got any activities, you know, I'm giving them some time to settle into school, but to try and organise a play date with another kid, it's like, no, sorry, they're busy every night after school and we've got this on Saturday and that on Sunday. It's like, whoa. Yeah. (laughs) You know, there's just no time for kids to be bored either. And then when they are at home bored, they're sitting in front of the TV or they're on their iPad. They they forget how to, you know, that really, I think that really affects their their creativity and their imagination. So much. We, We don't do screens during the week. And we don't uh, either. Yeah. So on weekends, they can, they often want to go in for a binge, but we've usually got stuff planned. Uh, but so at night now, and I always used to feel so responsible for playing with them. And now I just say, Mummy's cooking the dinner or Mummy's doing this, you play. And mm-hmm. they just go off. And then, I mean, inevitably, make a huge mess. So now we're working yes. on the tidying up of if well if you take every cushion off the couch and make a fort, you have to put all of that back plus all of the blankets that you've just put yeah, out. <laughs> like go the creativity, but go the freaking mess. And it's so much better. They come up with such cool ideas, better than I ever could have. And it's training them to just think, okay, there's nothing to do, what to do. And and they almost have to go through that boredom to get yes. to that creativity you know when my kids say I'm bored I say good yeah <laughs> it's good to be bored my son hates it it's not good to be bored <laughs> well the event I did in Perth recently with Jude Bloreau she because she's like the wise old auntie not old wise auntie <laughs> and we were talking about this we were talking about perfection we were talking about the ideas that mums have for themselves and what makes a good life what makes you know the best children you know what what we all of the things that we put pressure on ourselves to do and she talked a lot about how when they were kids there there wasn't gymnastics and no. cricket and this and that and the other and the other and the other and extended school mm. programs you just went to school and then you went home and you either got on your bikes or you played something and that was it and yeah, and I, I, yeah it's it's just really changed hasn't it so when you were when you were away did it give you a different perspective on home and wanting to do things differently when you got back yeah, definitely. Like really trying to integrate, you know, some more of that downtime um, into into our normal life is a, is a big priority for me now. Um, and I just, you know, it it reminded me as well how much nature fills me up. Um, you know, when we're out, you know, you're camping and you walk outside in the morning. Uh, and you're in nature, you know, you're outside all the time. Everyone's commenting on how, how um, tanned I am. But it's because we, we, we spent an hour, I mean, sorry, a whole year, an hour, a whole year in summer. <laughs> and um, we were outside all the time, you know, not necessarily laying, laying on the beach sunbathing, but we no. were just out, outside all the time. And that, I think, for, for all of us in the family was really um, – you know, it, it really filled us up. It's just so nice to um, be outdoors. So we want to try and incorporate. It's hard when you're at home because you automatically, 
you know, sit, sit inside. I mean, even when I was working on our trip, I would sit outside on, on my laptop or, yes. um, yeah, just so much fresh air, so much more sun um, and, you know, nature, trees and beach and, and that sort of thing. So that's something that I'm really working at, um, you know, integrating more in, into our everyday life now that we're home. That's awesome. And I think such a good thing for us to learn. And even, you know, even what we were just talking about before with the kids, I often say, go and play outside. Mm. You know, just be outside. <laughs> and, you know, it's, I think it's really important. I love that. I love the image of you just sitting, you know, under some tree, just working away, living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but tell me before, I, I wanted to ask about you and your husband. And I think that sometimes I don't know, we live away from all our family. So Nick and I to each other are everything. And uh, like we bear the brunt of each other and we are the ones who need to support each other and love it. Like it's, it's, you are everything, your friends, your lovers, your parents, your, all of those things. When you're on the road and it's literally just the four of you guys, I can imagine the intensity of that kind of went up. How did you guys cope as a couple? Yeah, so we definitely had ups and downs. Sometimes we're amazing. And we've got a really good support network at home. You know, if we want to go out for dinner, we've always got babysitters we can rely on. So we're used to that. (laughs) I know, so lucky. And we didn't have that at all while we were were travelling. Right. So that was really tricky for us. Although, you know, when you're camping, you put the kids to bed um, and then you've got, you know, some some hours left to, to hang out together, I guess. Um, but it's not the same as going out for a night and being able to, you know, wake up without, without the kids there. So we, you know, we definitely had plenty of direction arguments. <laughs> <laughs> as you do. Yeah. What is that? Like, I, I don't know. We always laugh at it afterwards, but because <laughs> we, we spent so much time um, over on the West Coast and the, and in the North where, you know, you don't, it's going from A to B, there's only one way to go. It's all really easy. But then when we got on the West and the East Coast, we were, I remember driving down into the Sunshine Coast and I was like, whoa, it was like a culture shock with all the cars and so many different ways you can go and, oh, better get the Google Maps out. And, you know, he starts, what, which way am I going? And I'm like, don't talk to me like that. Otherwise, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you unless you talk to me. So, you know, mature. That- you, you, you reached a new level of maturity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is about the the directions in the car. Um, but we, you know, we connect. We remembered how much traveling life suits us because, like I said, we'd done it pre kids, and we hadn't done a big trip like this since we'd had kids. So, you know, just seeing each other in that relaxed state and being able to, you know, spend quality time together as a family was really great for our relationship. Um, and, you know, I think I just, you know, I, he, he's just always willing to do, you know, whatever needs to be done to keep everyone happy and safe. So, you know, he did, he, we did stop and he picked up some work um, 
at a few different places and you know it was hospitality it was you know stocking stocking drinks into into busy bar fridges at festivals or you know that sort of short term work you can't be too fussy when you yes. when you're looking for work for a few weeks and he's really honest like he would tell people when he was looking for work I'm only here for you know 6 weeks or whatever so um, so it had to be that sort of transient, transient work. He was often working with, um, you know, European backpackers. That's so awesome. Uh, yeah, but he, you know, he had fun and he, and that's what I mean. He, he's just, you know, he was willing to do whatever it took for us to be able to realize that dream. So, you know, that just, um, I guess deepened, deepened my, my feelings for him seeing, seeing the way that he could do that. And, I guess the buck, he's just such a hard worker and the buck always sort of stopped at him. If something was broken, you know, I've got no idea when it comes to mechanical things or getting us out of being bogged or anything like so, you know. Does anybody every, every, want some some water? <laughs> um. <laughs> so you know, he really he really stepped up when it when it came to things like that. We we got into um Oh, I can't even remember. Oh, Carnarvon and went to wind up our camper because it was one of those wind up ones and it just completely collapsed. You know, the roof just completely collapsed um, because we'd been on some on some dirt roads and, you know, he had to, there was no one else around. He had to use all of his strength. Luckily, he's, he's a personal trainer, so he's oh. um, quite strong, thank God. And, you know, it, it nearly it nearly killed him but to get this roof up so we could and put a stick in there so we could sleep in it for the night so you know I just I, without him I wouldn't wouldn't have been able to to do the trip that's for sure that's lovely that's really <laughs> nice I love when you know you can have the 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 cranky moments but there's a deep appreciation for the other person and what they bring to the table I'm sure if I had the conversation with him he would say well I couldn't have done this trip because I wouldn't have been thinking about stocking up on food or whatever um, because we weren't going to see another shop for three days but in in saying that was it easy to eat well when you were on the road yeah, so sometimes it was, you know, we, it's, it, you know, eating well is obviously a priority for me. Um, and I, you know, I love one of my favorite things to do was exploring the local farmers markets and trying the, you know, local produce and the tropical fruits or whatever was available. You know, we just loved that. We all we all love that sort of aspect of it. But I definitely had to rely on on good old Woolies and Coles much more than I do at home I'm quite I I try and stay away from them at home but you know they're consistent and I know that I can get organic shredded coconut at at Woolies and I know that they've got a good range of you know nuts and seeds and so so I did rely on the big supermarkets more more than I would have liked and you know that that's the only option in in some places um it was definitely harder when we were getting off the beaten track. So we did a bit uh, um, adventure up in the Kimberley, up in north north of um, Western Australia, on on a road. It's an iconic four wheel drive road called the Gib River Road, um, and it takes you right through the Kimberley. It was it was my favourite part of the whole trip. It was just incredible, the scenery and. Um, everything but we had to stock up in Broome for three weeks and the Gibb River Road it's um, it's bumpy like you've got a it's corrugated it's really hard traveling 
but the rewards you get, the scenery, the waterholes, the waterfalls, the hikes, the boab trees, it, oh, it's just magical. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, I had to stock up for three weeks and we've got limited room. You know, we've got a small camper with a little bar fridge and then we've got a like a camping fridge as well. So obviously I couldn't take a heap of fresh produce. So by week two of that trip, we were eating, you know, very little fresh food. We were relying on on jars and tins and packet food, which is not what I like to do. Um, but, you know, I got creative and we had some hearty, hearty vegetables that um, sort of kept into week two. And by week three, we were eating all, all packets and um, and jars so you know there were just times when we when we had to do that because there was just no other option if we wanted to have this adventure um you know that, that's what we had that to do important. so yeah yeah so you wouldn't have not done that just because you couldn't get to a local market um no <laughs> and but were you surprised you know when you would land in a in a spot a little town or something and yeah, that maybe there weren't even supermarkets or whatever. What the state of the norm is, I guess, in terms of what people are eating. Did you did you learn a little bit about that while you were away? Did you get a fresh perspective? Definitely. Like a, what really hit me was the you know the little Aboriginal communities up north, and what you know they have just no access to fresh food at all. So they have um, you know packet food and. This one, there was one, along this Gibb River Road, there was one little town sort of halfway through um, that had a little convenience store and it was in an Aboriginal sort of community, you know, that, that these people lived here and, oh, I mean, they just had no access to fresh food and they had these, you know, Arnott's, Arnott's biscuit packets that were, you know, $12 and just so <gasps> expensive, crazy. Um so that was, you know, that was a really big lesson for me, like, you know, that there are still communities out there that just do not have, have access. And that's in Australia. Like I just wasn't aware that that was even the case. Yes. Mm. Maybe they've all got amazing veggie gardens. Mm. Yeah, Maybe I'm not, not sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Okay, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that there were challenges, and we also spoke um, when we did the the small steps interview about um, your kids having access to cereals sometimes that they wouldn't at home, and and how tough it is once to turn that around once they have had those foods. And I think the the perspective that perspective in itself, just in terms of how you help other children, other mums improve the quality of their foods that kids are getting but once kids get a taste of something or once something is part of their routine it is actually really hard to break that it really is and that was it was kind of good for me to see that firsthand because my kids have always had you know right from when they were babies they've always had really good food so I've you know I've, I've done that right from the start but a lot of the families that I work with haven't and their kids are already hooked on or just used to eating breakfast cereals and Vegemite sandwiches and all that normal sort of food that a lot of kids eat. And so, yeah, when we were, um, weren't able to get lots of fresh food, you know, I did, I did buy um, breakfast cereals and, um, you know, bread that we would never have normally eaten. And, you know, once they get a taste for it to, to get them back to, you know, the good whole foods that I like them to eat was definitely, definitely a challenge. So, 
um, it was it was nice for me to be able to experience that. So then I can, you know, I, I can develop more strategies in helping people to um, help their kids get off, off those sorts of foods. Yes. And before we talk about how you actually do that, because I think a lot of people might like to know, I just fi- would love to finish up on what things maybe you missed about home, perhaps that you didn't expect to miss or, or the things that you knew you were going to miss. And then things that you really didn't miss yeah okay so things things that I did miss my kitchen was a big one you know I had this tiny little space in the camp no bench space you know every time I went food shopping I had to play Tetris to fit everything in and and then trying to you know get something out that I needed out of the back of the tiny little pantry that I had it was oh it was just a real challenge so I really missed my kitchen um I really missed my, my bathroom, um, the, oh. you know, having, a, we didn't even have a shower in our camper. So we, you know, we relied on um, camping, like, the, you know, shower blocks or swimming holes, <laughs> natural swimming holes. Yeah, um, wow, that's intense. So, yeah, you have to remember, you know, you've got to grab all your stuff and go have a shower oh. and, you know, so you've got everything. There was definitely, you know, a couple of times when I'm, get out the shower and realise I've forgotten my towel and things like that. So, yeah, my kitchen and bathroom were the big ones. And then, of course, like my – I'm really close with my sister and um, she's got a a little girl who's really close to to my daughter. So we – you know, I really miss them and and my mum and my girlfriends, you know, being with my family 24-7 and then not having – just not having girlfriends to vent with or have fun with or – know have a coffee with or a glass of wine that was really challenging um and my local community we've got a beautiful community where I live um you know and you walked walk we've got a great farmer's market and you know it's Saturday mornings it's like social time at the farmer's market so I really Mm. miss miss that community but in a way it was kind of nice to not know anyone as well because I'm a naturopath in the local area so um you know, it was nice not to be, um, not to not to always bump into people. Sometimes you just, you know, at the market on, on certain days, I just feel like putting my sunnies on and my hat on and <laughs> marching. Yes, yes, yeah, you know, right. Sometimes you're just not in the mood to stop and chat, but most of the time I am. So you know, that was it. Was kind of nice to to be a stranger in new towns in in a way as well. Um, what I didn't miss is is being busy all the time. Um, housework, like I mentioned, um, I just do not enjoy housework, so I definitely didn't miss that. Um, and I guess you know, even though I love to catch up with people and you know social engagements, it was really nice not to have full weekends every weekend. You know, birthday parties and um, dinners and catching up with them and catching. You yes. know, it, it was yeah. really nice just to be us and not have any of those social in- engagements. Um, so, yeah, that was good. That does sound nice. And, <laughs> I, you know, I, I just I think every time I go away, even for a little bit, I always come home and think I never want to forget that feeling or I want to keep tapping into this, that even I, Nick and I have this thing that there's something that happens to you in the middle of 
the sky. So we'll be flying back, even just from visiting all our family in Melbourne, and you'll just sort of have these downloads, these epiphanies that kind of come to you because you're not here and you're not there. And we always seem to have very good conversations after we've had a trip. And I could imagine that what you've just done is almost spend a whole year not here, not there, just and and um, it will probably only be and for your kids too, as you because I know you're crazily you know getting back into your house and all that sort of thing. Kids starting school, it'll probably only be in the next few months or even over the course of this year that some of the the biggest realizations maybe will come to you because we don't even know how we've transformed until we're in a new situation and suddenly the old habits or the old thoughts or the old reactions just don't come in the same way. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 really a, a good point. And I think just being being away and having all that reflection time, like I had, yes. you know, those new thoughts and things and new ideas and I got real, cl- re- real clarity um, about which direction I want my business to go and, um, you know, real clarity into what I want my life to look like when I get home and all that sort of thing. But yeah, yeah you're right. Like I'm sure a lot of that is, you know, is still to come, which is exciting. It is. Well, before mm. we finish up, let's tell people, because you run an, an awesome program that has been around for a little while now, hasn't it? Mm. Yeah. So tell us about that. And then I think you're running a challenge. So just fill everyone in in case they want to jump on board. Yeah. Okay. So the program that I run is called Natural Super Kids. And um, it's a six week course for parents to um, teach them and inspire them and and motivate them to um, nourish their kids and boost their kids' health. So we cover um, lots of different things. There's a big focus on nutrition. Um, there's a big focus on meal ideas that, that kids will actually eat. So breakfasts and lunch boxes and dinners and snacks. And we talk a lot about strategies for fussy eating because a lot of the mums that, that join up to my program have fussy eaters. Um, and then we delve deeper into some of the really important things um, or the, the really important systems um, when it comes to kids' health. So we, we talk a lot about gut health and how to improve your child's gut health. We talk about immune, the immune system, so both boosting and balancing the immune system. Um, we talk about toxins and chemicals and how to reduce those, like your child's exposure to those when you can. Um, and it's all done in a very... Uh, you know, realistic way, like like you said at the start. Um, I, I think it's really important that we, um, you know, we find ways, little things that we can do to implement um, into our family's sort of habits that that make sort of big changes over over the long term. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my natural super kids program, and there's a Facebook community that goes with that as well. So you know, everyone's in it together. Uh, and then I've got a really, I'm really excited about my my brand new um, free challenge, which is called the Healthy Kids Challenge, um, and that's open now. We get started on Monday, the the twentieth of of February, um, and that's really all about little, like it's a seven day challenge. So it's just a few little things that you can do to start to, um, to to boost your kids' health and that there's a big focus on, um, you know, 
fussy eaters and how to implement more more nutrition into your kids' diet in a way that um, that they're going to accept. <laughs> yeah, that is just the biggest challenge, isn't it? Uh, it it's, is. it's that we can know all these things or we can want to do certain things, but the yuck, I'm not eating this. Oh, devastating. And so frustrating, isn't it? It is so frustrating. That is such a – I will definitely be posting the link to for everyone to jump onto that challenge. And uh, I am sure that there'll be people wanting to kind of deep dive into all those kids' issues so um, we'll we'll pop the link for that too when it's when it's open and and live. And I mean, I'm just so thrilled that you're out there doing what you do. But not only that, you're just such a great example of someone just out there, just living life, making it happen. And the fact your husband is just well, whatever we need to do, let's just I'll do it, and we'll just keep going. And you just have a really um, pragmatic and down to earth approach to if this is the goal or this is the dream, then you know, we can't be too dogmatic about the way it happens. Let's just do it. And yeah. I just think it's so refreshing and I'm so pleased that we've been able to have this conversation. It's given me such a good insight into, I guess, I, I don't know, especially I think when you do have that label of being a naturopath or it's like you've got all the answers to living a healthy life and <laughs> we're all just people doing our thing and trying to do the right things for our families and trying to live the best lives that we can. So thank you for sharing your story about the trip around Australia. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks for having me. And yeah, I think it just comes down to, you know, make, making a decision and then yes. and then making the steps to make it happen. Because so, so many people say to me, oh, we would love to do that, but, you know, we, we just can't. And I think, you know, if it's something you really want to do, you've just got to find a way to make it work. Yes. A friend of mine, I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast before, she said to me one day that her auntie gave her this piece of advice because she was paralyzed. She couldn't make, she just, she was, she didn't know which way to go. And her, mm. her auntie just said, just make a decision and then make another one. And from there, yeah. you can make another one and another one, but just make a decision. And I think that's what I have most gotten out of our chat today is that you guys just decided. And then, and you know, that's the whole manifesting or putting your energy, direct your energy towards the things you want instead of the things that you don't want. Because wherever your energy is focused, well, that's what we're going to keep recreating. So for some of those big life crazy decisions that some people might think are way beyond their reach you guys just decided and then your energy went towards making it happen it's such a simple equation yeah it really is and I think fear stops us because we're scared we'll make the wrong decision or what if this happens or or what if that happens but while we were traveling that we met lots of like retired couples that were doing it you know because that that's that tends to be more when when people do it there's lots of families doing it as well but um, the the thing that all of them said to us is we wish we could have done it with our when our kids were young. You know, it's so amazing. No one ever said, oh, you know, we did that when we were when we had young kids, but we wish we never did. You know, yes. <laughs> no, no one, no yeah. one ever said that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 
okay, I'm feeling pretty inspired. And so if I end up taking off and um, pulling my kid out of school, then you'll know why that you are totally responsible for that. And now and like, there's all these people Googling, <laughs> Googling four-wheel drives. What did you say? I said, come and, come and visit me down in South Australia when you do your, your lap. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm totally there. You've just sold me in your town. I also want to move there to just live. Yeah, so. it's a pretty awesome place. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your time today, Jess. Thanks, Lisa. Bye. For more inspiration, interviews and know-how, head to smallstepsliving.com. Small Steps Living, inspiring your best life one small step at a time.